Hello everyone, it's Lance here coming to you with uh, another Bible lesson, uh, but want to make an announcement to you, or a couple of announcements to you, especially tonight as uh, we get ready to embrace some changes. Um, fortunately, we've got the opportunity now at Sandlin Road to resume meeting together in the building, and uh, so we want to invite you to come and be with us anytime you can at the building. Uh, going forward, beginning uh, this evening, Wednesday evening, April the 7th, uh, we'll resume having Wednesday night Bible classes at the building at 7 p.m. And then uh, this coming Sunday, April the 10th, uh, Sunday morning, we'll resume having a Bible class uh, time at 10 a.m., followed by our hour of worship at 11 a.m. And then Sunday evening, we'll come together again for uh, an evening worship at 5 uh, that will include uh, a time of Bible study uh, and class discussion of the morning's lesson uh, as we have been doing in the past. And so we want to invite you to come and be with us at any of those times. Again, that's uh, Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. for classes. Uh, be classes offered for all age groups, so we look forward to getting back into a, a regular session of that. 11 a.m. for worship, and uh, we'll plan to bring that to you uh, via our live stream uh, at 11 a.m. for sure. And then Sunday evenings at 5 p.m. Uh, where we'll have um, uh, a short period of worship followed by a class period, uh, class format discussion of the morning sermon. Uh, and then Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. for Bible study in the building. Uh, we have really appreciated so many of you joining us uh, via the Facebook Live uh, stream that we've put out uh, over the last number of months, and uh, we want to continue to be sure that we offer you content and uh, Bible lessons through this avenue going forward. So uh, for right now, the plan is going to be for me to uh, record, pre-record uh, Bible lessons that will uh, air on Wednesday nights uh, for those of you that will be looking still for something uh, for a midweek Bible study. So that's what this is tonight, and I'm giving you some heads up on some of the plans going forward. Um, and then we'll see what, what uh, the future holds as far as our abilities to live stream uh, class periods and such at the building. That brings on different challenges. I hope you understand that with uh, uh, questions and answers back and forth from those that are actually there in the building. It's a little harder to follow on a live stream. So I want to do my best to bring you a, a concise but uh, good quality, hopefully, uh, lesson uh, from God's Word uh, that you can uh, follow right along with and not struggle with like you might uh, if we were trying to live stream our, our class period. So looking forward to that. But again, we want to invite you to come and be with us if you can at all uh, at Sandlin Road. And if not, continue to join us here via these uh, broadcasts. And uh, we're, we're happy to, to have you joining us this way and sharing uh, God's Word together like this. On a personal note, I want to thank you all for the kind words and encouragement over the last number of months as uh, we've been in just a, a, a strange time, a different time, and but it's brought opportunities to reach so many people and uh, to be in contact with uh, some new folks as well uh, via the, the live stream and the Bible lessons that we've brought to you, especially via our Facebook page. And so uh, I want to thank you for that personally, and I know that our elders at Sandlin Road are very appreciative of that as well as uh, all of our members, uh, our brothers and sisters in Christ there, we've been very encouraged uh, to see so many that we've been in touch with and a way that we've been able to stay studying God's Word together even from afar at various times. 
And then I also want to personally say, you know, ultimately to God be the glory. This is His Word. It's His Scriptures. It's His truth. And I'm simply a messenger. Uh, the, the efforts that we're putting forth at Sandlin Road were messengers uh, in the kingdom of God. And so we want to give God the glory in all of it. And uh, I just hope and pray that I have been, a, have been and will continue to be a worthy messenger uh, of the great uh, gospel of Christ and uh, the truth of God's Word. Well, tonight I want us to take a moment, if you have your Bible, and turn with me to Philippians chapter 2. And let's talk about uh, a Bible characteristic that you and I need to employ and that you and I need to put on in our lives. And that is humility. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about zeal and having that great energy and bringing that uh, active willingness to uh, bring life into a situation and into a work. And uh, tonight, we'll shift gears a little bit and talk about the, the character trait of humility that you and I uh, should desire to put on. And Philippians chapter 2 is, is uh, in my mind, just an excellent text to look at and consider when thinking about that. And, and our example in Philippians 2 is none other than Jesus. And so I want to read, um, beginning in verse 1, Philippians chapter 2, and I'm going to read the first 11 verses, a little bit of a lengthy reading, but this is uh, the context for what I want us to discuss tonight concerning humility. Uh, and then we'll actually back up a little bit into chapter 1 and set the stage for studying some of this as well. But to begin, let's read Philippians 2, verses 1 through 11. Therefore, if there's any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I really love this text and I no doubt have taught on it before, but specifically uh, this evening I want us to consider it in view of this idea of putting on uh, the characteristic of humility. It would be wise for each of us to put on humility in our lives. Uh, in a book that I'm using to study a little bit here with tonight, In His Image by Brother Rick Billingsley, uh, he has a quote at the beginning of the lesson on humility in this book uh, talking uh, that, that says this. The quote says, No garment is more becoming to a Christian than the cloak of humility. No garment is more becoming to a Christian than the cloak of of humility. You know, it really is something when we can put on humility, when we can show a humbleness of heart and action, a humbleness of attitude. It's very 
it's very becoming. It's something that uh, will actually draw others to us and uh, will show a special kind of um, compassion and kindness in us that will be magnetic in a lot of ways and uh, attract others to us. Because the opposite, when you're someone that is uh, arrogant and prideful and boastful, in so many ways that can push others away and uh, distance yourself from others very quickly, maybe even unintentionally, but it can happen just because of that bad uh, persona, that bad air that's being put off. In defining humility, we can say that humility uh, is having a humble opinion of oneself. And in a scriptural sense, we might even think about terms like modesty or lowliness of mind. Modesty or lowliness of mind. And so as you read through the, the Bible Scriptures, you'll see terms like that and talking about God's people and talking about godly characteristics. And certainly here in Philippians 2, when we're reading this text, as Paul writes to the church at Philippi and tells them uh, about the attitudes that they should be putting on and the characteristics they should be putting on, he is very personal in this and saying that, that each one of us needs to be interested in one another and that we need to not be selfish. That's the bottom line of this, is do not be selfish. And then he gives us this great example of Jesus, in, beginning in verse 5, when he says, Let this mind, let this unselfish mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. He's the ultimate example. And when thinking about Jesus, he, he outlines why Jesus had every right to be arrogant, if you will, or to have himself upon a pedestal or a throne of glory because he was deserving of that, uh, as, as we're told there, that he was in the form of God, verse 6, equal with God, you know, of, of total reputation, and yet he made himself of no reputation. He was uh, in the, the place of needing to be, deserving to be served as a master, as a king, as a god, as God, and yet he humbled himself into the form of a bondservant. And although he was God, he became man in the flesh. And the ultimate statement on it is in verse 8, when it says that he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. I want to break down those statements here in just a moment, and that will be the main thrust of our lesson. But before I do that, I want to back up to chapter 1. Because in, in Paul's writing to Philippi, obviously this is a, a flowing deal that men have put chapter and verse to, but I feel like it's necessary for us to go back and, and to see some of what he said to even introduce this. Go back with me to Philippians 1 and verse 27. Real key verse in this uh, discourse by Paul. He says, Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ. Now that, that's a big statement right there that we need to let our conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ. In other words, we don't want to make Christ ashamed because of the way we conduct ourselves. The way we conduct ourselves should show the gospel of Christ, not bring a bad light to it. And then he says, continuing in verse 27, So that whether I come and see you or am absent, so whether I'm there with you or I'm away, no matter which one it is, that I may hear of your affairs, 
that you stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. So here's this unity that he's desiring for them to have, to be together, striving together for the faith of the gospel. And he says then in verse 28, not in any way terrified by your adversaries, which is to them a proof of perdition, but to you of salvation and that from God. For to you, he says in verse 29, it has been granted on behalf of Christ not only to believe in Him, but also to suffer for His sake. And then finally there in verse 30, having the same conflict which you saw in me, and now here is in me. Paul had suffered for the cause of Christ, and he's telling these Philippian brethren that they are going to also suffer for the cause of Christ, and he's encouraging them to stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel, not afraid of their adversaries. And I'm going to tell you, when you think about that, what they were facing, what they would be facing, and what he's calling them to do to keep their conduct worthy of the gospel of Christ and all of these things, it really does require humility. It requires the willingness to not only look out for your selfish needs and desires and wishes, but to be considerate of one another. And that's exactly what he says then as we read in the first four verses of Philippians 2. And he begins that again just to remind us after looking at those last verses of chapter 1. In verse 1 he says, Therefore if there is any consolation in Christ, you know, I want to console you in Christ. I want you to be able to find that encouragement that you need in Christ. And if that's the case... He says, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection or mercy. In other words, if you're with me on all this at all, if we're with Christ on all of this, he says then in verse 2, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Again, he's begging them for this unity. And then how is that going to happen? How is that going to happen? How does that really happen? Verse 3, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than himself. You know, if we're not looking out for the interests of others, if we're not in humility preferring one another over ourselves, then inevitably we're going to be all pulling in different directions. If you pursue what selfishly you want to do, and I pursue what selfishly I want to do, and then brother so-and-so pursues what they want to do, and sister so-and-so pursues what they want to do, then we're all just pulling in different directions. And ultimately what Paul is saying is there's, there needs to be unity here so that we're stronger and unified and striving together. And that requires... Humility, it requires this willingness to submit in that way to one another and to do things not for selfish ambition, but to do it for the betterment of the whole, for everyone. And then in verse 4, that's what he says. He says, let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. That's the simple way to describe it. Don't just look out for yourself, but... Be considerate then of one another. You know, I'm finding, and I don't know if you might be finding the same, that it seems like as human beings, we, through the years, have become less and less considerate of one another. You can see this in the rage that is on our roadways when people are bobbing and weaving through one another, blowing their horns, and 
It's like everybody thinks that them getting to where they're trying to get to is the most important thing. And in many cases are very inconsiderate of others around them. And this can be the case in a store. You may be in store and uh, trying to get to a line or get to a certain thing and, and somebody might cut in front of you or might take the last one or you know do something that you're just kind of like, man, that was really inconsiderate. If we're not careful, we can really lose all consideration for one another because so much of what happens in the world around us and so much of our natural instinct as human beings, it's a dog-eat-dog kind of scenario and we're trying to just do what's best for us and we'll get caught up in that and be very inconsiderate of one another. Thanks be to God that we have Jesus as a great example of someone who was so considerate, of someone that was so compassionate, of someone that was so humble that He was willing to serve, to serve in complete obedience, to serve in complete submission when He was God in the flesh. You know, we all like to have a pat on the back and we all like to be encouraged. We all like to be bragged on. But no one was more worthy of pats on the back, of accolades and recognition than Jesus Christ Himself. And yet Jesus wasn't looking for that. Jesus was looking to serve. And ultimately, to just render obedience to the will of His Father. How many times throughout the life of Christ did Jesus speak of being about His Father's business, of doing His Father's will, of it being the words of His Father in heaven, not His, that He was carrying out? Well, we can certainly learn that, and Paul outlines it here in this text in Philippians 2. But for the last few moments of our lesson tonight, I want us to, to consider again verse 8, that powerful statement about Jesus in the middle of the verse when it says that He humbled Himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. There's a lot to unpack right there just in those few statements. So let's spend just a moment on each one of them. First of all, note it says, He humbled Himself. You know, sometimes in this life things happen to us uh, that humble us. We go through a bad experience or we have a failure or, you know, something that kind of jolts us and puts us in our place, so to speak, and we're forced, in a way, to be humbled in those moments. But you know, we can also make the choice to humble ourselves. To humble ourselves. And Jesus is the ultimate example of that. It wasn't that anything happened to Him to force Him into humility. He chose to humble Himself. Also notice, it says that He became obedient to the point of death. He became obedient. That also was a choice. 
You know, when we think about our children as parents, we force obedience on our children. Maybe even in schools, the administration is in many ways forcing obedience upon the students. Maybe in, uh, in, a, in a work environment, the employer is forcing certain obedience upon an employee. But with Jesus, He willingly chose to obey God the Father. And you and I can do the same and should do the same. And through doing that, we show our humility, our submission to God and His will, His commandments. And His obedience was not conditional. It wasn't, okay, God, I'll obey you so long as it works out for me. No, it was obedience to the point of death. You and I need to choose that that we're going to be obedient to God to the very end. If it means that we give up our lives. And that means if we give up anything in between. That we're willing to give it up. That we're willing to show that level of humility through our obedience to God. And then I, I want to also dwell on that very last statement when, when Paul emphasizes even the death of the cross. There are a number of ways in which we could understand that or take that. One is that that was a terrible death. It was a torturing death. It was a painful, humiliating death. But also we can understand that it was an undeserved death that he was innocent, and yet he died the death of one who was guilty of the worst. You know, sometimes in this life, you and I are going to suffer, and sometimes you and I may suffer unfairly. Sometimes you and I may experience things that we didn't see coming, that we didn't expect, that we didn't ask for, we didn't pray for, we never would have hoped for. And in those moments, I would ask that each of us, including myself, remember our Savior. Because His death on the cross, the suffering of our Savior, was the ultimate of all of that. It was the ultimate in suffering and remaining obedient to God. And at the same time, it was the ultimate in suffering when undeserving and remaining obedient to God. A complete display of perfect humility. And so I want to ask you and I tonight as we think about this great lesson on humility, are we going to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God? Are we going to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God that He may lift us up? Or are we going to continue to pursue our own personal interests, selfish ambitions, remain conceited. We need to be careful. Remember in James 4 and verse 6, we read that God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Verse 7 then says, Therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. You know, we need to really think about that and make sure that that's our goal. Peter echoes this same statement in 1 Peter chapter 5. 
when he says, beginning in verse 5, Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For, same statement as James made, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. This is a proverb from Proverbs 3, verse 34. They're re-quoting the Old Testament. And then Peter goes on to say, beginning in verse 6, Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon Him, for He cares for you. We need to be under that mighty hand of God, willingly, obediently, submissively, in all humility, as we strive to serve Him and have a home in heaven with Him someday. I hope this has been an encouragement to you. I would invite you to share it with others if it has. Again, we want to invite you to come and be with us at Sandlin Road, any opportunity that you may have. You can visit us online at sandlinroadchurch.com. We also have a YouTube channel where videos are posted from time to time as well. So find us on YouTube at Sandlin Road Church of Christ. Uh, and then, of course, we invite you to continue to share things through uh, Facebook, uh, our Facebook page as well. Uh, thank you so much for joining us tonight. and. Uh, we're going to have some changes here in the, the times ahead right now, but we're going to keep trying to bring Bible lessons to you and uh, continue sharing God's Word together. Will you pray with me tonight? Our Father in heaven, we humbly bow before you, and we are very humbled to be approaching your throne, recognizing you as our God, our Creator, our Heavenly Father, and recognizing the great love that you showed in sending your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, to come to this earth, to walk among men, to humble himself to the point of giving his life on the cross of Calvary. Father, help us look to that great example to see the humility of our Savior, to see his obedience, his willingness to suffer, and his ultimate faithfulness to you. Help us, Father, to put on that same humility to not pursue our selfish ambitions but instead look out for one another to serve one another and thereby serve you. Help us, Father, to truly make every effort to humble ourselves under your mighty hand. And we pray, Father, and we trust, Father, that you will lift us up in due time. Help us to cast our cares upon you. Help us keep our trust always in you. And Father, just help us to walk and live and be more like you every day. We beg for your mercy and your forgiveness, knowing that we stumble. We pray that you would help us to correct it when we realize that and to better walk before you each and every day. Father, we know that there are those that are sick and suffering physically in this life that are on our hearts and minds and I just want to take a moment to pray that you might heal and comfort all of those that you know of as well as we do better than we do you know their need and we pray knowing that you have the power and just ask that you might touch them and heal them and help them as we know you can Father we pray for our leaders our nation the world over that peace may reign and that our freedom to worship you may continue and that the borders of your kingdom may spread. 
And Father, most of all, we again thank you for Jesus, for his love, his life, his sacrifice, his resurrection. And Father, we look forward to his return. It's in his name that we pray. Amen.